I'm Stephen Adams. This is down to Doug. I'm, I'm miffed and peeved. That's not the words. What do I say? Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm about to dunk. I'm not miffed and peeved. Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm down to dunk. I'm Stephen Adams. I'm not miffed and peeved. I am down to dunk. Yo, this PG and I'm down to dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, featured on Dash Radio at 5 o'clock Central Time. Good friend, Kelly Your sick friend. My, my, I'm so, my very sick friend. <laughs> oh, kids are terrible. You're sick every other day. But, you know, I mean, other than that... Um, <gasps> Everything is super fun. Yeah. Uh, we had a fun game yesterday. Yeah, I not, mean... It, not the best close that you expect, but right. still a fun game, I would say. I want to start by reading this tweet that I thought was just masterful. It was awesome. Yeah, I, I know what you're going to read, and it was awesome. Yeah. So, most of mostly, I think, what people remember is the turnover at the end of the game from Russell and how he forced it, and so there's a lot of debate on, like, should Billy have called the timeout? And, like, of course, like, hindsight says he should have, and what was Russell doing? So this comes from... I need to make sure I get the Twitter account right. Okay, Thunder Season SZN underscore tweeted, OKC down 12 with five minutes left. Russ then assisted to Paul George, assisted to Grant, offensive rebound, makes a three, makes a two, another offensive rebound, steals the ball, makes one of two free throws, then makes two of two free throws, and then assists to Grant, and the score is 128 to 129, and then he, and then he makes one bad pass, and it, he just got the ball stolen from him. And then the, the last part says Russ lost the game for OKC. It's like, oh man, like that is so that perfectly spells it out because they were done, you know, with five yeah. minutes left. Yeah. And Russell just started doing stuff. He hit that big three, uh, which it was big time. And I'm trying to remember there, there's a name for it that I want to call it, but I want to make sure I get it right. But Russ made that three, and then he just started rolling. And he's trusting his teammates. He was, it really was a really nice stretch for Russell. And it just sucks the way that it ended. Because if it would have just ended like on a, a like a decent shot that was missed, like you can justify it. But I think that people are just, people just lose it whenever Russell turns it over like that. Okay, so this is what we need to call the, any shot that Russell takes like that, we call it the audacity. That's what, that's what it's called from now on. The audacity of Russell Westbrook. That in one shot is the audacity of Russell Westbrook. Yeah, and to to, to pair with that, with that I, I completely agree uh, with that tweet. Russ was amazing. And it's not that he turned it over on a bad pass or something. Like, Kyrie really stole the ball from him. It's he, a great play. Yeah, it was a great play. Probably Russ should have been more careful with the ball, yeah. for sure. He was going too fast. Yes, but like, <clears throat> let me read a few st- a few stats, and and I'll make a comment. Like one of our friend, like Brandon, uh, I don't remember the surname, uh, who is on Twitter, um, was I don't. Well, uh, I'll, I'll it will come to my mind later. He said probably if Russ plays like that for the remainder of the season, and for the season in the future, 
this is a bad contract. I, I don't agree. Like, yeah. yes, probably paying 38 millions for that, for, for this production compared to what like um, a mid-tier max takes, like uh, Clay Thompson or other guys, probably is, it, is too much. But Russ is, as of today, when Russ is on the court, OKC shoots plus point, 5.4 in effective field goal, which is a lot. Yeah. Um, the accuracy, especially at the rim, plus uh, 4.6. Uh, on the um, on the mid range plus 5.5 on the corner trees plus 7.7. So when Russ is on the court, that is when OKC can shoot um, can shoot better. Um, and when Russ is on the court, OKC scores a lot in transition. So it's I know that it's uh, not like um, everything about the game, but still Russ has been a useful player. And when Russ is on the court, this team is still plus 8.1. Compare um, uh, compare when he's on the bench. So yeah. it's not that he's detrimental to this team. He's a great player on a deserved contract. And it's yes, every player on the age like 35 that, that are not named LeBron James probably is not worth the entire max. But um, yeah, I mean, the games like the one of yesterday, I think they showed you how Russ can be can still be one of the best players on the court because it was for five minutes in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And then, like, for different reasons, including a turnover, um, OKC couldn't couldn't get it done. But, um, yeah, I just want to say that Russ is still a great player, to me, at least. <laughs> I mean, he was great yesterday. He didn't have the greatest shooting efficiency, but, like, yeah. beyond that, like, the dude had 16 assists to four turnovers. He had 12 rebounds. Yeah. I mean, he had a game-high 12 rebounds. Of yeah. anybody like the dude like he's still and i'm i'm just not quite buying yet that he's slowing down athletically i just saw too many i if if anything yesterday i saw russell make the i'm going too fast plays many many times going at the rim and trying to make plays is that i feel like he's getting his speed back and he's having mm-hmm. to adjust to that a little bit because yesterday I didn't see a an athletically limited Russell Westbrook. That's not what I saw. I saw uh, maybe some poor decisions on the defensive end. I saw like a floating Russell Westbrook whenever he shouldn't have been, when he should have been a little yeah. bit more engaged defensively. Uh, and then I saw just Russell taking the ball and just going too fast at the end of the game. Uh, that's what that's what I saw. I didn't see a oh my gosh, we have a hobbled Russell Westbrook out here that can't make plays anymore, and that's just not effective anymore. No, I like I saw Russell who still struggle with struggling with his shot, obviously, uh, but he made some big offensive plays down the stretch. And and also yeah. we haven't mentioned this: the Thunder had their best offensive month ever last in the month of January. Ever. It sounds crazy. I mean that that's like. I don't think you can have a Russell Westbrook that is like on a bad contract and hobbled and have the best month offensively the team has ever had. Like, I think that he, I feel like he's been really good. I still, I maintain that he is a smarter player today. I feel like he has learned from a lot of things in his career. Is he perfect? No, but I feel like he's having the best season of his career overall. Is he having the best shooting season? No, but is he having the best defensive season of his career? Probably. Is he having one of the best passing years of his career? Yeah, probably so too. And is he deferring and changing and adapting so that, I mean, we're seeing the best version 
of Paul George, not because only because Paul has improved, which he has, and he's healthy, but because Russell Westbrook's allowing him to do that. He's setting the table for him. He's setting the table for Jeremy Grant. That's why like Jeremy Grant's improved on the three-point line, but it's also because Russell Westbrook's the one delivering it to him and attracting attention. That three he hit yesterday was wide open because of Russell Westbrook. You know, Terrence Ferguson, ask him, like, the impact that Russell Westbrook has had on him, not only on the court when he's receiving passes from him, but off the court. Like, we just can't... I don't know why people like to play this game where we like to just go ahead. Let's go ahead and let's name the worst contracts in the NBA. Let's call them. And, you know, like Russell's contract may be, quote unquote, bad at some point. But I'm sorry. Like the the things that he has done for this franchise, the, that he committed to stay, that he carried them through, you know, after Durant left and won the MVP that season. And then also... Like Paul George isn't here without Russell Westbrook. Oh, <laughs> I mean, no. this team yeah, this team is tanking right now. So like everybody, just like slow your roll on like the disrespect of Russell Westbrook because like this this team this franchise doesn't resemble anything close to what it is today without him. And yeah, he makes mistakes. He makes a lot of mistakes, and that's okay. Like that's just the kind of player that he is. And if you can't live with that, then I just I don't know that you can live with appreciation of what's happened over the last decade. Yeah, and like every player that has done so much for the franchise, at some point takes takes a good a good payday. Yeah. Uh, and and having a guy that, as you said, like Paul George is here because Russell Westbrook had that contract. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if Russ signs, say, a two plus one or a one plus one that season. Are you confident that both guys choose to remain here? Maybe Russ, but like the fact that that Russ is here for the long run is what made George comfortable, together with the idea that these two guys really like each other yeah. on the court and off the court. Um, I will, I'm writing an article in Italian about OKC, about like the defense uh, and mainly the defense and then uh, Russ and Paul relationship. And I went back and I was searching for some quotes and I found this one. My job is to make sure he stays aggressive, miss or make, and I'll take care of the rest. That's what he's been doing at a high level. Mm-hmm. This is Russ talking about PG. And it resembles what Russ is trying to do with this season. He's really trying to defer to PG. Like yeah. I, I saw yesterday a few moments where, where Russ gave the ball to, to PG in the fourth. And he just hasn't been aggressive yesterday. And so Russ tried to, to do cover. And he almost did. Other times, um, he just is okay in leaving Paul George. Uh, being the guy who runs the show in the fourth quarter, uh, like against Milwaukee. So I think that this part of the of the Russ uh, Paul George relationship is what probably OKC missed when KD was here. Yeah. Uh, but enough uh, sad sad stuff. Let's <laughs> let's focus on the fun part. <laughs> yeah, like and people people are trying to put KD in everything right now. Ah, Paul George is he's better than KD. Forget about that uh, that guy. Yeah. Like appreciate what he was when he was here, mm-hmm. but. Th- it's not that we have to compare PG with KD every time's play. They were both great, and in different times, yeah. it's fine. It's just not mention it like every single day. Right. And Paul Paul was awesome yesterday too. Uh, yeah. He's eleven of twenty seven. Yeah. 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 Thirty seven points on twenty seven shots. The efficiency was great. He got to the free throw line twelve times. Like that's like getting twelve free throws. Like, let's keep doing that, Paul George. Like that—that yeah. that is a key to success for him. 
Um, but you know what? Like losing to the Celtics in Boston on a day where they shoot 59% from the field, like that's not embarrassing. I'm sorry. They, on their two point shots, they were just unbelievable. They were just yeah. unbelievable. I mean, it's just. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, they just couldn't miss. And they were taking. I said this on Thunder After Dark. They were taking the shots that probably OKC wanted them to take. They took a ton of yeah. long mid-range twos. And you're like, okay, we're going to live with that. And they just shot a ridiculous percentage on those shots. And that's and they lost the game. Were they the sharpest defensive team that they, you know, they weren't the sharpest defensive team they've been all season. They weren't, they weren't great. Uh, mm. th- but the Thunder scored 129 points of regulation. Their offense was good enough. I don't think the defense was atrocious. Like a lot of people are saying, like the the pick and roll defense is just atrocious. And like, all right, like everybody just take it easy. Like there were definitely some moments in the game where they weren't good. Um, but overall, like they scored enough points to win. Boston was just on fire. And Kyrie Irving, that dude is freaking awesome. Like he's really, really good. And to yeah. get beat by Kyrie Irving and the Boston Celtics is not an embarrassing thing. Not at all. No. Um, and, like, I think that the issue uh, defensively, at least yesterday, was, yes, you, you need to give up um, mid-range shots if you can, but you cannot leave guys that open. And, yes, Boston right. had, like, a very hot night, but sometimes you have to at least pretend to contest, even if it's a mid-range, because for Kyrie and for Hal Orford, those shots and and for Tatum, those mid range, the, those mid range shots when they are open, they are still good shots. Yeah. And so, if you have to find say um, something that was off with OKC, was um, part was that, and part was the communication on switches. One uh, basket that that Kyrie made at, at the end was again a miscommunication between Russ and Dennis Schroeder. They don't get along in terms of switches and oh, basically it's, it's always so bad yeah. that's where yeah, at the end of the game that's where i'm like i want ferguson in there right now yeah ferguson can make smart decision and especially he he knows what russ would do instead mm-hmm. dennis does the same thing that russ does they are yeah. too too similar like they they were following one man and then they they and they, they both followed the wrong one. Right. They left basically Kyrie because uh, Russ wanted Dennis to, sh- to switch on Kyrie and Dennis didn't basically do it. And so, yeah, yeah so sometimes it's this way. Yeah. And I think a lot of people have kind of hated on the Celtics this year. Like this team is still incredibly deep. Like they, like yeah. J- Jalen Brown comes off the bench, 12 points. I thought Rozier was really good for them yesterday. Uh, off the bench, Daniel Tice was great. Really, the only guy that wasn't good yesterday was Gordon Hayward, and it just feels a little uncomfortable with how kind of slow and out of place he feels. Um, hopefully, he can get better within a year or so. Um, I'm not, I wouldn't give up on him, but you want to talk about a bad contract? Like, if Gordon Hayward can't be, you know, anywhere close to what he was before, like, that's a bad contract. Like, that's, that's a, I mean, that's a scary contract to me, but every, like, you know, Man, Marcus Morris is so good, man. And he's he's really good against the Thunder, and so is Marcus Smart. He and Marcus Smart were so good yesterday. And to yeah. be able to, to use those guys and replace Jalen Brown and Gordon Hayward, um, like that's like that's a big deal. We have a Woj bomb. Oh, really? I don't know if you've seen it. It's not a trade, but uh, this is from Adrian Wojnarowski. 
Uh, beyond the Lakers and the Knicks, the Pelicans have been made aware of a, quote, handful of teams that Anthony Davis would be willing to sign long-term with upon a trade. League sources tell ESPN, Boston isn't included on that list. Wow. That's... I mean, if I'm Boston, I I am terrified because to me that says like, hey, listen, Kyrie Irving is probably not going to be on your team this summer. Because why else would he not want to play for the Celtics? I don't know. Uh, that's that's weird. Because he and Kyrie are close. He, yeah, but even if even if Kyrie is not there, like, why don't you want to get a shot to go to the finals? I don't. If Kyrie leaves and then they make a trade, is that team going to the finals? Like, I don't know, dude. No. You were right. I mean, but if Boston makes a play now and you just swap Kyrie and, and AD and you mainly you would Tatum, this team is still good. Yeah, they're still good, but I don't know that I would pick that team to go to the finals. Yeah, maybe so. I mean, I, was, I, don't know. I would give the edge to Toronto still in that case. I don't know. Like, you're swapping AD and Kyrie. Like, that's a big talent swap. Yeah. And then, like, who is who's creating on the perimeter for you? You're giving it back to Rozier, who has yeah. not had a great Does season. It. Like, I don't know, man. Like, I, I mean, I think the play for them is to try to re-sign Kyrie, and and you know, maybe you just call his bluff, and you, tr- and you make mm-hmm. the trade anyways because maybe you have the best trade package. Um, yeah. but if he's not on the list, like everything that Danny Ainge has planned for over the years, like that's. You still obviously you still have a great team, and you just maybe you punt for the future, and you build around Tatum and Brown, and you know you see if you can hang on to Kyrie, and like that's obviously this is obviously still a great team. Like they don't need to do anything to become a great team. Like they're already a great team, um, but still like they they've been planning to be like a juggernaut in the East, and it's it's kind of weird that that's not happening because it that signals to me that it it's not a sure thing that Kyrie Irving is staying because I, there is a scenario where the Knicks still get the number one pick and can trade for him still, you know, oh, yeah. where they can still oh, get yeah. AD, KD, Kyrie. Like that's not out of the question. And no, it's tricky, but they can do it. Yeah. It, yes. It's, it's whenever you, you start to, to talk about three yeah. stars that aren't currently, when you don't even have one currently on the team, like that's tricky. Even one is pretty is pretty yeah. dicey. Um, but to predict, I mean, it's but it is a possibility, especially if the Knicks end up with the number one pick. I think outside of that, I think that they could probably go get a better deal. Um, but man, I think I mean that's a game changer. Also, that it's not just like um, Lakers or bust. Like that's I think that's a a good thing for the NBA. Like I just. I would not be super jacked if if the Pelicans, you know, traded AD to the Lakers, and the Lakers are are botching this right now significantly, at least in the general public, because they their offer was just not good because it didn't include Josh yeah. Hart or Brandon Ingram or. Are you kidding me? Like you have to, yeah, you have that, to deal those offer, guys. I thought for a second that they were offering for Drew Holiday. That was a package good for Drew Holiday. Sure, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like and who's the Pelicans, player? That, yeah, and the Pelicans have come out and say they don't want to deal Drew. Yeah, that's that's because 
they if you say well yes of course we want to do to deal also drew then the price for him really lowers yeah. and I, I i think that uh, that this is a good technique you first want to get the maximum for ad and once you get it then you may think of uh, trading drew with the same like you don't have to trade drew now mm-hmm. if he has like a, another season where he carries the team um like uh, like a lower version of, of what Russ did uh two seasons ago yeah his contract is still good like 26 millions is is okay for a player like that sure. i think that okay so you should really think hard to to make a run to him like if you if you get if you take like a shooter a ferguson a first round pick for drew holiday i think that you are better off um in the short term maybe not in the long term because like ferguson project to be a very very good player but he is a player that makes sense for okc because he can be a point guard in the second unit he can be a low usage shooting guard because he's still very good uh shooting the ball and defending he's the perfect partner to russell westbrook and paul george if you have to select one outside of what okc has right now in the nba and especially in the thunder world there are always great matchups this week oh they're not the greatest but i think they're very interesting this week we have a matchup of the memphis grizzlies and the oklahoma city thunder in Oklahoma City Thursday night. And it's interesting for this reason only. It's the day of the trade deadline. Will Mike Conley play? Will Marcus Saul play? Will the Thunder acquire a player that day? I have no idea, but I think it remains to be a very interesting matchup. And with plenty of on-court excitement and drama happening on and off the court, you don't want to be left on the sidelines. Go where the action is at betonline.ag. CLNS Media and Bet Online are offering you a 50% sign on bonus if you use our code CLNS50. That's 50 with your first deposit. Go to clnsmedia.com backslash win and use the promo code CLNS50 for your 50% sign on bonus today. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. So, um, yeah, I don't know why I, I got into this, but um, <laughs> maybe we should talk a little bit about is OKC on that list? Oh, on the Anthony Davis list? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. What's, yeah, let's give me your take. Like, suppose that OKC has like five first round pick that can send to, to New Orleans. Uh, is Anthony Davis resigning here or not? In your uh, opinion, yeah, I mean, if you have Paul George, Russell Westbrook, I mean, he said he wants to win. Like you, you would do a lot of winning with that team. Like this team yeah. is, is already winning with Stephen Adams in that spot. You upgrade to Anthony Davis, then yeah, like that team. Like if if Russell Westbrook is your third best player, then dude, yeah, you're you're <laughs> you're in the right yeah. track. I mean, yeah. I I. I don't know that the Thunder have what it takes to get him, and, no, al- and also don't. and also we don't know what it what it's going to take. But uh, if I'm if I'm the Pelicans, like I I don't accept an offer from the Thunder. I mean, I just it's not like where are you going with that? I just don't. I think that you keep Drew Holiday, and you have a nice pick and roll partner with Stephen Adams. Then you have a nice wing with Terrence Ferguson. Maybe Jeremy Grant's included in the trade. Like, yeah, those are good players, but you're not making the playoffs of that team. I'm sorry. You're just not. Um, and you're not giving yourself a ton of hope for the future. Like, I just, I don't, I wouldn't understand it. 
I think obviously mm-hmm. Sam Presti is inquiring and trying to see if he can pull that off. But uh, the odds of it happening are, are extremely low, extremely oh. low. Especially yeah. if like the first, if the number one pick is on the table and we don't know that yet, but. You know, the middle of May, whatever. Usually, it's usually around my birthday. the The draft lottery, May fifteenth, is my birthday. It's usually around there. If that hap- if that happens, and the Knicks end up with the number one pick, like you can see the the Knicks, you know, attempting to stack the deck there and end up with at least two stars at that point. Because, or they just keep Zion and and see if he can develop alongside your guys. Like that's still super exciting too. I mean. Yeah, um, but what the Thunder have to offer is just not close to what other teams can. Like even Boston, I know they're not on the list, but I still wouldn't count them out. You know, if they, if oh yeah, they, they can have like the number two pick of this draft. Yeah, you come to the table with some picks and Jason Tatum. I mean, if I mean, you don't have to do something to make AD happy, New Orleans. Like you just do something that's best for you. And maybe at that, yeah. po- maybe at that point, the Celtics aren't willing to put Tatum out there because he is, hasn't put them on the list. And, you know, if I'm Danny Ainge, I think you have to really question question that, especially if you don't know where Kyrie's going. I mean, it's just there's a lot of ifs with that Celtics team at this point. But um, as far as AD goes and the Thunder, I mean, I, I would guess he'd be, that they'd be on the list, but I just don't know that the Thunder have anything outside of Paul George and Russ that would make sense. Yeah. No, unless, um, like, like, unless New Orleans decides to wait and somehow Ferguson becomes uh, a guy that shoots, I don't know, 50% in playoffs, shooting, like, taking a lot of shots, making a lot of points, and somehow uh, their, their front office decides that he's the next guy. Yeah. I, I don't think that will happen. Uh, speaking of New York, though, I kind of like the trade they made. Yeah. Like, I know that Porzingis is better than assets and cap space. That That is for sure, if he's healthy. But A, the if is a big one. Like, it is like two, uh, like uh, I was I was saying meters. No, it's seven, seven, three. Is that his, uh, his height? Yeah. Yeah, it's seven, three. Uh, with a, an history of injuries in his lower body. Mm-hmm. And now he had ma- basically one of the worst injuries that you can have and he's up for a big contract. Mm-hmm. And he didn't want to stay in New York. So I don't see how this is uh, a bad trade for this front office. Yeah. I, I think the, the, the previous uh, management handled Pozingis in the worst possible way. But if you are the president, uh, the president of uh, New York now, what do you do? Like you have a guy that doesn't want to be there, and you have a team that is offering basically four first-round picks mm-hmm. because one is needed to to unload Carnelli, uh, maybe a protected one, an unprotected one or close to that to to unload Hardaway, who has like the worst possible contract, and and then two others that they gave into they gave into to New York. One is unprotected. Like, if for some reason you have a season where Doncic is not completely healthy and Porzingis is not good enough, this could be a top five pick. I don't think that their return they, they got is is a bad one. Yeah, I mean that's that's totally true. I don't I don't think it's that bad either. 
especially the Knicks have put themselves in position to do what they want to do this summer. Um, it's, you're, you're right. it's a weird balance because you're right. It's not equal value for Porzingis. Uh, but also, you get you have loaded yourself up with picks. They have their own picks. They have these future picks, uh, and they have you know this next lottery pick is so massive for them. I mean, they mm-hmm. they're going to have a chance to be kind of close to what the Lakers are in a way. Where people were in the summer were like, why why would LeBron want to go to the Lakers? Like, what do they have yeah. there? Well, here's what they have, and like, why would Kevin? And this is happening right now. This is maybe someone on Sports Talk Radio saying, why would Kevin Durant want to go to the Knicks? Okay, listen. He's in this massive market. He gets to have a, a fan base of his own again. And he's going to a team that has some young lottery talent and a ton of picks moving forward. And if you think that Dennis Smith, Frank Nilakina, all these guys are going to be playing with Kevin Durant moving forward, I'm sorry. Like, you're mistaken. Like, they are there. Yeah as a vehicle to get other good players. Like that's what they're for. And so those guys aren't there to develop alongside Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving or whoever else they get. Like those guys, just like these Lakers players aren't there to develop alongside LeBron James. They're there to be a vehicle for good players to come to Los Angeles. And it's the same case. And I know that Frank Nilakina doesn't hold a ton of value right now, but if you can get a role player for him and convince a team that needs to, to get a little bit worse and maybe develop for the future to take him on and take, give him a first round pick too. Like you could probably get something pretty nice. And so I, I, at that point that that's kind of where I stand. I think this move, if Kevin does end up making it is very, very, very similar to the move that LeBron made. And he may have a partner to go with him. And last, this time last year, people are thinking LeBron, the talk of LeBron to LA was already heating up at this time and everybody yeah. thought it was going to be LeBron and Paul George going to the Lakers together and then they still have those assets Oops. and then they trade them they were wrong but they did get <laughs> half of it right Yeah, and when they're, it, I, I just think that there's too much of that talk happening and then they open it up and make it a reality because the Lakers did the same thing last year they made the trade with Cleveland, ironically, to open up cap space for the summer. And, the, you know, at this time of year, they, they may know something. And it's, I, I would be very, very nervous if I were the Warriors or if I were the, the Celtics because it's not insignificant. And maybe they end up just being the team that they've always been in the Knicks, that they have put all this false hope into their fan base and they end up with Amari Stoudemire. Um, and I feel super bad for Tobias Harris at this point because everybody just talks about how, like, if Kevin Durant doesn't go well, then they just get Tobias Harris. And Tobias is probably like, hey, I've had a good season. Like, yeah, like I, I'm okay. Like, I'm a reasonably good player. Right. Like, why is everybody dogging on me whenever the Nick about the Knicks not being good? Uh, it's just funny that he's like the token player chosen who. Like, he's a healthy player. Like, he's not going to be Amari. Like, he'd actually be a nice piece moving forward. Like if they end up... For them. Like, yeah. That's yeah. their version of him. That yeah. is sad. Yeah, it's sad. But it's just funny that he's, like, the token guy. Uh, yeah. More news. So, um, not, not news dropping right now. Um, Wes Matthews is probably going to be bought out if they can't trade for him. Or if they can't make a trade, the New York Knicks can't make a trade. 
uh, which I'd, I'm not sure who's taking on that contract, somebody that maybe needs some expirings, but the Knicks need expirings back. So they would yeah. be requesting expirings and a pick. And I just don't know if that's in the cards. Maybe it is. Um, but you know, all- a team, you know a team that can reasonably trade for him, if I'm not mistaken, on the, um, on the salary? I think that George Hill makes sense. Oh, interesting. Like, I don't remember uh, from the top of my head how much he has guaranteed. I think it's one million mm-hmm. uh, or maybe nothing. Him or Utah with Derek Favors. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, Utah maybe has less of a positional need. But can you imagine Wes Matthews in Milwaukee? He will play a lot. Oh, like, yeah, I know. yeah, yeah. He'd play and, a ton. And, and you have, like, Bledsoe and Brogdon to yep. play the point guard. You don't really need George Hill, but you need a guy that can defend, well, reasonably well. Uh, well, not just reasonably, uh, probably, uh, as of now. Um, two positions. And I think that if I'm Milwaukee, I'll try to get him. And you may not need even um, a first rounder because New York, if they don't trade him now, mm-hmm. they just leave him. Uh, so I think that having George Hill that maybe can teach something to Ntilikina, or you can just buy out George Hill then. It's yeah, it's it's the same. For you, it's the same. You get a second-round pick to do so. And I think that Milwaukee should really do that uh, because Wes Matthews is a, today probably is a player that, fit, that fits better uh, with what you have and with what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, that makes sense to me. Because uh, they they need a bigger wing that they can rely on um, outside of Chris Middleton and Tony Snell. I think that they would probably like to give Wes Matthews some of those Tony Snell minutes. Uh, yeah. And George Hill hasn't been that great for them. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that one makes sense. But if you're Milwaukee, do you want to send a, an asset to New York to make that happen? Like, I don't know if you want to do that. If it's a sec rounder yeah I think you do that mainly yeah. because if you don't there's no way he, he comes to Milwaukee I don't yeah. think there's a way he comes to Milwaukee because then he has to fight with George Hill for minutes and so in that way you free up minutes for him uh, you have a lot um, of say reason to play West Matthews if you're if you're Milwaukee and like a second rounder for a better chance to beat Boston in a in a in a playoff series, I think it's reasonable. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's 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 move forward with the assumption that he gets bought out, and let's say that Milwaukee yeah. doesn't make an offer. Uh, what <laughs> I, I don't want to say what I think is going to happen yet. I want to hear what you have to say. I think the same. He's yeah. going to win a title. Yeah. If it's if. Like, I don't see him going to Houston. Um, I really see him going to Golden State because they have time for him. Uh, He will play like 20 for them easily. You get to be like a player that plays reasonably good minutes uh, in the finals. It's not that in your like resume, in your uh, like after your time is passed in, in the NBA. You, you still had play with a um, with a title team being like an eight man a guy that was in the rotation mm-hmm. it makes a difference so 
if they want him, and I think they should want him. Um, oh yeah, they'll want him. Yeah, then I would choose them. To be honest. Yeah, I they, mean, they have more minutes for him than than OKC. Um, hmm. You really think so? Yeah, yeah. I don't think like I think that in coming playoffs. Um, Schroeder should play 20. Uh, Ferguson should play probably around 30. Yeah. And you have 38 from Russ. So yeah. it's 10 to 15. Like Golden State, do you play him or Sean Livingston? I don't know. Depending on the matchup, I would probably ha- likely have a three-point shooter out there. Yeah. Because like the ball is in KD's end with the mm-hmm. second unit. And would you like a mid-range guy or a guy that plays similar defense that can really stretch the floor to the corners? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, if I'm Golden State, I would take him. Is also, I think you have to ask the Thunder, like, what's what's the deal with Andre? You know, like, what yeah. are your, what are if I'm West Matthews' agent and I'm trying to figure out where does he fit with Oklahoma City Thunder? I'd say, you know, like where where's Andre at in his in his time coming back because if you have a healthy Andre I think that you'd you definitely want to give him minutes uh, for several yeah. reasons one the continuity piece that you're going to have Dre next year let's figure out how this team works with him on it you know is he going to be a utility guy off the bench for this team and if he is like let's figure out what that looks like uh, you know and if he's not going to play then yeah you want to have Wes I think that would be awesome and also the Thunder we haven't talked about this yet. The Thunder dumped TLC uh, to the Chicago mm-hmm. Bulls and saved uh, a boatload of money. They saved about eight million bucks um, off yeah. their tax bill, and I think that it probably makes it more likely that they will go out and use maybe the mini mid level on a buyout guy yeah. at this point, or use some of the mellow trade exception in order to bring somebody in because they have saved that money. And so, would they give? that to West Matthews would they give the rest of their minimum level to West Matthews I mean it's it's reasonable to say yeah they probably would offer it to him and they can offer more than Golden yeah. State could at that point and so if he's looking for money he's just like yeah I want to make as much money as I can and play for a good team then there's a chance that he could choose the Thunder at the end of the day yeah because the Warriors are only going to say we'll give you a minimum deal that minimum contract obviously probably comes with a championship as well but he would play a significant role for the Thunder. Like I, I yeah, he, he would play. he would play more than ten minutes a game. Yeah, I really that, that is that is hundred percent true. I, I I do think he will play uh, around between ten and fifteen, and maybe maybe if he's very good, then you can think of playing more. But um, yeah. his defense is not as it was. Yeah, as, as it used to be. Like, no. He was a great defender since his ACL. Uh, no, it was the um, Achilles. Sorry, since the yeah. Achilles, he's, he's been not that good. Right. Well, but and still if, okay. And if he comes in and can hit a shot and play decent defense, I think that there's there's a, a not only the backup minutes behind Paul George and some backup two minutes, but I also think that you can see him taking some minutes from Patterson and Paul George playing some at the four and you playing smaller yeah. with more shooting out there. So there's, I mean, I think there's 20 minutes out there for, for a guy like Wes Matthews. And I think that you probably, when you sit down with him and his agent, 
you know, you say, hey, we'll, we got 20 minutes for you. We've got the rest, the, the rest of our mini mid level for him. You're like that's what we have to offer. And, you know, I think the Thunder can deliver on that um, in a lot of ways because the West, yeah, is, and- the West is super duper strong, too. Like he's yeah, not, yeah. he he can probably do similar things to Patterson as far as defense goes because Patterson's not a super strong guy. Um, yeah. So I don't, I'm not saying that he, like, Moist Matthews is a full time four or anything, but I think that probably as he slowed down, he's closer to a three four than he is a, a, a two three. Yeah. And, and to be honest, one thing that can, you can leverage with Wes Matthews is what's your next contract is going to be? Yeah, because if you sign like a two and a half million contract with OKC, something like that, uh, prorated of course, um, then you can get up to hundred hundred twenty percent of that for your next season. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't sign a contract like that, I think that you face a minimum. Like there no will not be many teams with cap space willing to give five millions to uh, to West Matthews and maybe OKC can say well sign with us and next season we'll give you 120% of that mm-hmm. and if you want we can go like two seasons because if you have a guy like that on a say three three and a half million contract that's value for OKC next season yeah yeah that's that's, yeah, that, that's that true makes sense if you want if you're willing to spend a big part like the remainder maybe of uh, your taxpayer MLE uh, and maybe try to unload Abrinas or unload Patterson in the, in, a, in the same time, maybe you, you have a chance to say, well, I'll give you more now and I'll give you more of what's your market value next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I mean, it, it would make sense. It'd be nice to have just a veteran that can come off the bench and make a shot. Like there's, yeah. a, ton, there's a ton of value in that. Uh, I would not want him to be taking minutes from Terrence Ferguson, though. I want to make that completely clear. I think that would be a huge mistake, and a mistake the Thunder have made in the past. And not that yeah. like Jeremy Lamb was like going to be some big time player, but I I think that Terrence Ferguson is. And if you're going to take minutes from him, important developmental playoff minutes from Terrence Ferguson to play Wes Matthews, who probably is not a better player than him. He's definitely bigger and stronger. But everything else, he's not a better defender than Ferguson. He's not a better shooter than Ferguson is this this season. Uh, all he has is he's a has a bigger, stronger body, and he has experience. Those are the only things that he has. And you don't, and you can't like this is how you get experience is how you play him in the yeah. playoffs. Like you don't take minutes away from him to you don't Karan Butler him. You don't Derek Fisher him. Like you cannot do no. this, and I have faith that the organization won't do that because I know the organization didn't love the Jeremy Lambs and Perry Joneses of the world as much as they do uh, Terrence Ferguson. That's been clear from day one to me. You know, mm-hmm. last season the way that they gave him minutes throughout the entire season. I mean, it was I was pulling my hair out at points because he needed those minutes to develop, and he wasn't very good. He wasn't a very effective player, but this season, like he, it's proven that those minutes were worth it. And to me, the playoff yeah. minutes are, will be more important for next season than getting West Matthews for two months and then losing in the second round anyways. And then, like, what did you do? Like, you you just took away developmental minutes and maybe even some confidence from Terrence Ferguson. Like, I just don't think that that's a good idea at all. If he comes in as a pure backup and he's taking minutes from Patterson and Abrinas uh, and Nader and Diallo, like, okay, 
go right ahead. Like take all of yeah. those take all of those minutes. But if you're gonna if you're even subtracting five to ten minutes away from Ferguson, it's a, it's a it's a dead no for me. Like, dude, that's not worth it. And to be honest with you, this is a different coaching staff, like yeah. a very different coaching staff. So true. Even Randy, even Randy Foy, he oh played just because Cam yeah. Cam couldn't stay on the court, yeah. and Billy even tried him uh, against the Spurs mm-hmm. in a in a in a playoff series, and then he just didn't play either of the guy. So I think that this coaching staff is way more into development than than the previous one. Scotty. Scotty was a great coach for what he did with the young core, but after that, like the development kind of stopped for a while, and then well, maybe with Steven because like you have big men like uh, Mark Bryant is a great big man coach, uh, but Wings, you name Perry Jones, Jeremy Lamb, even even Reggie who improved a lot was kind of not in the pipeline in some sense because he wanted out. So I don't know. Billy seems more uh, suited to do so to yeah. give young guys space and maybe I'm totally unfair to, to Scotty but uh, I think that Billy has more care of the minutes of, of his young players uh, Billy's been an awesome coach for development that's something yeah. that doesn't get talked about a lot I mean you just look at the, what they've done they've turned Jeremy Grant who was just a raw athlete into a starting level power forward. He's already outperforming his contract. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks are one of the teams on Anthony Davis extension list. Um, just FYI, that was just put out by Woj, Woj bomb uh, on the pod. Um, and then back on the development. So they developed Jeremy Grant and then they developed Terrence Ferguson, 21st pick in the draft, crazy athlete into a starting level two guard. Like that's, that's a huge thing. And it makes you kind of excited to see what they can do with a guy like Kamenu Diallo moving forward, who actually played pretty well yesterday in Boston. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. McKelly, any other predictions before the uh, trade deadline before we go? Uh, for OKC, I think, like, I think OKC will move someone between uh, Patrick Patterson and, and Alex Abrines. I'm, I'm confident they will not be both on on the roster uh, for different reasons. But I think uh, that those are the players that I should, that you should take um, take, take an eye, put an eye on. Uh, for Anthony Davis. I don't think he's going to be moved. So, uh, to sum this up, uh, those two guys will not be moved from OKC and Anthony Davis will be traded in the next probably five hours. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'd be a little surprised if the Thunder made a move. I think they're going to wait for the buyout market. I think they're going to take a, a shot at Wes Matthews. I think they're going to wait and see who else might emerge um, as the trade deadline unfolds and see if they can get a player that way. Uh, obviously, they will capitalize if there is a trade that makes sense that involves just bit pieces like Patterson or Brinus, uh, Raymond Felton, guys like that. I think that they would capitalize on that if they were available. Uh, but the, with so many buyers on the market, I, I think that it's tough. You know, like Rodney Hood was already traded. You know, he, they got two second rounders for him. Like, Thank it? God. I, I didn't want him. Like, I... I I yeah. don't trust. He really will never play a guy like that plays no defense. Yeah, like yeah, he's 
and he's a guy that you would want time to develop if you're going to have him on your team. You would like to have him for, you know, a couple years to see if he could become a player. But if you only have him for a couple months, then it's just like, uh, like I don't like I, I don't know that Rodney Hood is like Wes Matthews plug and play. Like the guy's committed on the f- defensive end. He may not have the ability anymore, but he's committed. Uh, and then after that. Like, yeah, I just don't think that Rodney Hood is quite like that, quite plug and play. Maybe the Blazers think they can keep him and develop him alongside mm-hmm. those guys, and like it's a it's a worthwhile risk. But I, if you're the Thunder, like two seconds and you have to give up a couple contracts. Like I don't know. Like I'm not I'm not totally no. hip to that. If I'm OKC, um, but you might see a guy even like Alec Burks get bought out if the Cavs can't deal him, and so he's another guy that I don't I'm not I don't love Alec Burks. But would you rather have Alec Burks than Abrinas? Like, maybe. Would you rather have him playing the Nader? Yeah, yeah probably. Uh, yeah. So, like, that's a deal that I think makes sense for them, too, as far as a buyout guy. Because I don't know if they're going to be able to find a trade partner for him. And maybe they mm-hmm. do. But he's another buyout candidate that I think OKC could look at. Uh, McKelly, I'll let you go and rest because you were so sickly. Yeah. But uh, I hope you feel better. Uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, hope you guys have a great day. Follow McKelly on Twitter at Mikey Barra. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew K. Schlecht. You can follow our show on Twitter at Down to Dunk. Leave us a five-star iTunes review if you have a chance. Super easy. If you have an iPhone, just click on the Purple Podcast app. Search Down to Dunk. Hit five stars. Boom, you're done. If you want to leave us a message, then a lot of you have. Uh, I read all of them. They're super nice. You guys are great. Uh, love our listeners. Love our community. Uh, we will talk to you guys soon. If there is like a crazy trade between now uh, and Thursday, we'll probably do like a short podcast. I'll at least do like a short YouTube that you guys can hop on and and watch, um, if not a podcast. But we'll have our regular shows Wednesday and Friday. Sorry this one was late. Uh, it's partially due to me, so you can blame me on Twitter if you're not getting this podcast until later. Uh, but hope you guys have a great day, and we'll talk to you guys again Wednesday.